Hello San Pedro podcast, episode 69. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello San Pedro podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hello San Pedro. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Amanda Silva. And before we get into the main episode, uh, we really wanted to give a shout out to our patrons who supported us over at patreon.com. Honestly, we're so amazed. We barely launched the Get to Know Us episode last week, and we already have patrons, and we're so, so, so excited. I can't tell you how much it means to us. So yeah, I'm just going to do quick shout outs. First off, Megan. Oh my gosh, Megan, you know who you are. Thank you so, so much. You have been a huge supporter from the beginning. So thank you. Ferb, oh my gosh, I was so excited when I saw your name on our patron list. It means so much to us. So thank you. John, I don't know who you are. And I'm just like thrilled, so thrilled that you are interested in supporting us. It makes me so happy. We're thrilled that you're you're a fan. And last but not least, Dolores, mom. Thank you so much. (laughs) You have always been a huge supporter of everything that I've done. And you did not have to go the extra mile. And this is the extra mile. So thank you so much. We can't tell you how much we appreciate all of your support. I mean, we take all of this to heart and it means so much to us. So everyone, if you are interested in supporting us, um, you can go to patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. Links are in the show notes. And now for the main episode, real quick, we um, we invited a guest who has been with us before, Lee Williams, who is amazing. We asked him to come on the show because he recently commissioned a mural that I think is highly representative of where San Pedro is in this moment. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Lee Williams. I am um, a local San Pedrin. I've been here for 14 years. I always say, you know, that uh, I know I've been here for only 14 years, so I'm not allowed to have an opinion. But if I did, here it is. And um, I'm one of those new San Pedrins that's come here, um, loves the town, loves the culture, loves the history um, rest in peace, Romy, and loves the fact that we have an opportunity to see the next generation of San Pedro evolve um, and protect that culture, protect that history, and also create opportunities for our youth. And so I'm all about that. So I, I work with the San Pedro Chamber of Commerce. I'm the former chairman of the board. Um, I have been on the neighborhood councils. I'm on the board of directors with Boys and Girls Club, on the board with... Um, a number of organizations. I'm on six boards now, but it's all focused on San Pedro, our youth, and our businesses. And John Bagakis keeps trying to steal this, but just really focused on the live work play opportunities that we have here. It's a great place to live. 
And if we can have more job opportunities to where people don't have to get on the freeway to go someplace else, it's a great place to work. And with the opportunities that we have at the waterfront, with the, especially the amphitheater, it's going to be a great place to play. So that's what I'm all about. Um, in that. preparing for this episode, I actually re-listened to the first one mm-hmm. um, when you came on as a guest. And you were really, this is why I love you, but th- you were really focused on um, the quality of life and like yes. how do we up the quality of life here in, for San Pedrins, yes. right? And so we talked a lot about commute. We talked a lot about, um, you know, working from home or kind of eliminating the commute, which I think has been more realized in the last Absolutely. two years. It's been right? fast-tracked yeah. a little bit. I think more people have come. No pun intended. You know what? You came during the pandemic. Because, I did. You know, in 2020, yeah. 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 And, and people can kind of just, you know, there's so much more flexibility now, which is great. Um, I live, work, and play in San Pedro. Mm -hmm. It's like my whole (laughs) ethos. (laughs) And that's important. Um, Real quick for the newbies, where are you from and what brought you to Pedro? So I am um, a military brat. And so I've lived all over. I've lived everywhere from San Francisco to Virginia to Washington, D.C., Hawaii, California, Washington, Alaska, um, Australia, so lived a lot of different places. And I've had an opportunity to be a part of a reinvigoration or re, you know, a renaissance, if you will, of a lot of different areas. Um, and and I like the fact that now this is our opportunity for San Pedro. Romy used to talk, uh, Angela Romero, deep friend um, and our former historian for San Pedro, used to talk about how San Pedro was built um, from the water up, sort of like a dropping a pedal, pebble in, you know, a pond and seeing the, the waves go up the, the ripple the, effect. Yeah, of it. the ripple yeah. effect. And that's what's happening again now. And I love the fact that we're able to shape some of that. Mm-hmm. What brought you to San Pedro? That's the next question. Love. I know. Yeah. Aww. So I says. knew this, but I wanted you to share <laughs> I, with our I new listeners. I fell in love with a um, just absolutely beautiful and intelligent and remarkable longshoreman. And um, we had to make the decision of who had to move. And she's a longshoreman. So she said, you move. And that's when I came down. Uh, that's amazing. By the way, in the first Patreon episode, I go on a whole deep dive into why longshoring in this community is such a big deal. Um, but you're going to have to subscribe to get it. There we go. <laughs> Love it. So you recently commissioned a mural here in San Pedro, and it's a variation of the creation of Adam. And it's by Michelangelo. The original is by Michelangelo. It shows instead, it's like a variation. It shows these tattooed arms and they're like reaching for each other and touching fingers. Um, And then enveloped around it is like the phrase, after the plague came the Renaissance. Exactly. What does that mean to you? And how did that come about? I see, you know, these dark times after the winter, you know, you have the spring. And I feel like we're about to have that with San Pedro. I know that the redevelopment has, especially the waterfront, has been a long time coming. COVID did not help with that. And a lot of folks are beginning to feel some despair. But I'm super optimistic. I'm a real estate guy, so I have to talk about some of the market economics too. Without exception, well, no, with only one exception, 2008, every major recession that we've had has been followed up with a housing boom in terms of new construction. Mm. Um, Construction workers, carpenters, plumbers, electricians, roofers, all of those folks are what helps us 
come out of a, a, a hole in economically, right? Mm-hmm. And we've stopped building since 2008. We, we're not building the number of units we need here in California in order to keep the pricing pressures on housing from getting to where they are. So I love the fact that um, people are worried about you know the change that's happening. But for me, it's sort of like when you remodel a kitchen or you remodel a house. Painting the outside of your house is not gentrification. Mm-hmm. I didn't gentrify my kitchen by putting in quartz countertops, right? Um, it's just you have to renew things. And that's what San Pedro is doing. There's a house on Leland um, in the 400s. I won't say the number. But it just got built, and it's a, a craftsman. It's it's built in the old style. It meets, you know, it, it matches perfectly with the surrounding homes. There are also craftsmen. I would love to see if we did new development that recreates our past construction and honors the aesthetics of the community. We the don't have to, character. yeah, we don't have to just throw up these big, huge, ugly boxes mm-hmm. of apartment buildings. We can. We can do things that protect, you know, the neighborhood aesthetics and, and the design aesthetics. And so I, I'm going to go knock on the door of the owners and just thank them for for doing that. I live in a hundred year old home and we just did a remodel, but we protected the integrity of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we can do that here in San Pedro on a, on a larger scale as we redevelop the town. What uh, prompted you to commission the artwork? Oh, um, just so I'd written an article that was titled um, After the Plague Came the Renaissance. Josh added a question mark at the end, um, which wasn't my intent. I'm fairly certain that it's happening and it's something that we should be really proud of. You know, you can't you can't reinvigorate a town and protect its soul if you also don't protect the arts. I was going to say, arts is such a huge part of culture. It is. Like it's, yeah, the language of culture. Absolutely. So as we talk about the amphitheater, I want the San Pedro Ballet to perform Swan Lake right there next to the water. Mm -hmm. As we talk about uh, rebuilding the Warner Grand, which might be closed for four years while we remodel it, I want to see big performances there, right? I want people to have an opportunity to love and laugh and enjoy our town and just feel all the feelings as we go around and um, and we change some of the perspectives and some of the um, the unearned reputations that we have here in town as being a rough town. Uh, this is a beautiful place and we need to protect that soul. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So, I mean, a mural is definitely something that you share with the entire community. Yes. Why did you feel that the community needed to, to see that message? Every single, I I think think it needed to be a positive message. The placement of it is incredibly, I think, powerful just because that is the way out and in San Pedro, but that's really the way out, you know? Yeah. So I, I, Paid for it because I, I really wanted to have a message of hope for San Pedro. Mm. We have so many, you know, concerns in terms of coming out of the pandemic and what this means in our real life. And uh, I wanted to remind people that 
their opportunities and their signs of hope on the way mm-hmm. and that we have an op- we have you know a great town that we can celebrate and the future is bright were you um... and i like the tattoos at first i didn't like the tattoos i wanted it to be true to form with you know michelangelo right yeah. but the tattoos are so san pedro if you look closely there's even a little nod to me because i'm a beekeeper there's even a little bee on one of the tattoos. I actually which is didn't know cool. you were a beekeeper. I helped get uh, beekeeping legalized in Los Angeles. Oh that's my god! Yeah, urban beekeeping because oh, it's yeah, something that huge. we need, right? Yeah. So that's amazing, on, and especially here in Pedro with so many fruit trees, so many gardens. Like it's so in, many gardens. I love that there's so many bees, and, and it helps us keep in touch with our yeah and butterflies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps us keep in touch with our roots, literally, mm-hmm. pun intended. But um, people forget where our food comes from and people forget where beauty comes from. And so the bees are a big part of that. I was going to say, I just don't think we've ever really talked about that on the no. podcast. Which is I've great. had opportunities to go to Pola and bring the bees there and wow. talk to the students. Yeah. And I've gone around to second grade classrooms around the area, the harbor area. I used to And live... I bring my bees with me. That's incredible. Yeah. I used to live in a, above a restaurant and they on our rooftop would keep bees mm-hmm. for like where they would make honey and stuff like that. Oh, it was great. so great. Gosh. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, actually going back to the mural, um, and it's ties to San Pedro, like the tattooed arms, like there's a lot of nod to, I think sort of like sailor vibes a bit. And then, um, also vibes, longshoreman (laughs) vibes. Right. That's what I got. And then it being a Michelangelo with the Italian Italian roots, you know, like, yeah, I love it. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in there too. There are. Yeah. Yeah. It was well thought out. So did you have a say in the design or? It was me. You were the designer behind it. Yeah. So, um, Jules Muck. Um, added the tattoos. Wait, is Jules Muck Muckrock? Yes. I am a huge fan. We have been Absolutely. following along with all her murals around town and yeah. just like love it. Yeah. At two in the morning when I was sending you random stuff, I send stuff to Jess all the time at two in the morning. She's getting used to it. <laughs> but I was like in a deep, like I was in her Instagram page, like looking at where she's been and her stories. So yeah, we're huge fans. And she's amazing. So sat down, had conversation. She listened to everything I said and she just put it on the wall and she's an amazing artist because you just you tell her what you want and you point her at the wall and you blink and it's done and she's just amazing that was done in one day I was gonna say it went up like fast I don't yes. remember it being she in started progress. at 10 and was done at four. Amazing. Oh wow it's crazy yeah it just sort of like symbolizes I think with this new relaunch of the ep- of the podcast mm-hmm. it being about how there's such a renaissance that was occurring during the pandemic and seeing all of these pop-up type of businesses come up you know and like how these entrepreneurs if you will like just pursuing their dreams and passions and yeah. um so, yeah. I, I love that you say that. And it's funny because at one point, um, or I used to like to say, um, maybe I shouldn't say it anymore, but I used to like to say you put four San Pedrins in a room, you get five opinions. Um, <laughs> you have said that. <laughs> one of the cool things about the mural is it was almost universally supported, right? And there are other projects around town that are being universally supported. So we're, we're having people less resistant there's Mm -hmm. still a lot of i won't believe it until i see it Mm. but um people are really excited about san pedro and i think the mural is a good reflection of what people actually feel right right yeah 
yeah, street art has like a bunch of roots as it being similar to what I was saying, like the language of culture. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Like my husband and I fell in love just looking at street art and exploring it. So I love to see it here in San Pedro too. And Jules got to paint underneath the um, the San Pedro Bridge. I and, saw that, yeah, the poppies. The poppies. And the cool thing is she said, you know what, 25 years ago, I was getting arrested for painting under bridges and right? now I'm getting paid to do it. Right? I love that. Yeah, I know. Evolution. So. The evolution of respect for it. So, I mean, I think one of the reasons I definitely wanted you on, like as our first our first episode after our kind of get to know us episode. Um, well, first of all, everyone loves you. Oh, <laughs> Your you. episodes do so well. And that's not why you're here, really. Not just because of the ratings. All right. Oh, that is part of it. That's the extra, the perk. But really, you're incredibly knowledgeable. You have a lot of opinions, but they're very, I want to say, like, you're doing the work. You know what I mean? You are in the community. You're doing the work. And you have been rolling up your sleeves, which I yes. feel like if you're going to have an opinion, be in the community. Yeah. Do, do or something. Or be about it. Yeah, yeah. Be about it. And I just feel yeah. like you completely embody that. And I love it. Um, you're not afraid to roll up your sleeves. And you're not afraid of the tough conversations. Um, Did we talk about the Oprah thing before? Oprah. Yeah. Mm-mm. When I was on the Oprah show. You were on the Oprah show? Yes. Yeah, so. How did you miss that? No, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. So one of the questions I got to ask her mm-hmm. was, um, it was at the time she had spent $80 million on a school in Africa, right? right? And people were giving her grief about that, saying, why didn't you spend that here in America, right? And so during the commercial break, I said, you know, what do you say to those people? And this has forever changed my life. She, she looked at me and she said, you know what? I tell people... If everyone had one thing that they were passionate about that really was important to them to the extent they got out of bed and they did something about it in order to make the world a better place, and it doesn't matter what that thing is, as long as it's their effort to make the world better, can you imagine the world we'd live in? And so it's one thing to be on social media and talk about what you want to see and get done. It's another thing to roll up the sleeves and, and actually do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been <laughs> in the last couple years, I've been trying to get on my self improvement game. By the way, I love the whole, you know, self help book. That's like my favorite genre of books. Um, but Brene Brown has yes. um she she has a, a talk okay. on YouTube where she says like like you can have an opinion about me when you're in the arena. Yeah. When you're getting your butt beat, you know, when you're actually in the fight, when you're in the thick of it, that's when you get to have an opinion, you Thank know? You. And I think that's what I love and respect about you so much is because you are in it, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to discuss was we're on the brink of change. There's yeah. a lot coming. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of... So as somebody who's been kind of born and raised here, I am excited, but I'm also very like anxious and I kind of have this like like this is going to change us forever and we're going to lose everything that makes us so special right Uh so what do you say to that concern yeah that's great that's a great question um we only lose what we don't um protect no I don't know if I want to use the protect Mm -hmm. word I think uh that we don't enhance that we don't support right so if you want to support, if you want us to be an art-based community, support the arts. If you want us to be a culture-based community, support the cultures. But don't stand in the way of other people that are trying to do their thing 
to make this town better. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime we speak of development, and I say this from my experience living in San Francisco and having seen the change that occurred there. And um, anytime you speak of development, it always comes tarnished a bit with this idea that it's going to wipe the canvas clean and start over. Right. And I think you brought up a good point before about saying that it's not, not all development is bad. Development is simply the, you're developing a city, you're developing a neighborhood, you're developing a community to move it forward, to progress it. Yeah. The true change, and I think the true soul of it all, is what is the intent behind that development? Absolutely. Right? And who is involved, too? Right? Like, how much of the community is being able to, like, be included and the people that have lived here? There's some profiteers here in town. Uh, is, is this the time when we can start talking oh, about some Oh, you can get into it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. If it's really juicy, we might save it for the Patreon, but go for it. Real quick, did you know we have a Patreon? If you want access to weekly bonus episodes, extended interviews, lots of juicy tidbits that don't make it into the main episode, including some fun stories about Lee Williams at Burning Man, come on. You can go ahead and visit us at patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. Hope to see you there. So there are neighborhood council folks that um, sit on some of the committees that govern some of the development that we have here that are also part of corporations that they have set up, LLCs and corporations that they set up in order to sue developers. And it's a complete shakedown. They've made six figures off of getting settlements from developers claiming that they're trying to do some kind of community good in terms of more trees or solar or a host of different things, right? But when it comes down to it, they just get settlements from these developers. They've delayed the development for years. They've added cost to these developments. Some of these lawsuits have included the cities. So the cities have paid tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars towards legal fees, right? Protecting these lawsuits. And so those kind of things are counter to what... We, we need to really be focusing on. Those kind of things are actually bringing us down and making it harder for San Pedro to s- realize our potential. And shouldn't you actually live in San Pedro if you're going to file a lawsuit against a developer in San Pedro? Mm-hmm. I mean, should you live in Santa Monica or that thereabouts and file a lawsuit in San Pedro in, in, in claiming to protect Right. San Pedro, just all that seems weird. One of the things that I would love to see is I've been at a lot of the planning and land use meetings for the neighborhood councils, right? One of the things I would love to see is we always have these developers that come with their um, architectural drawings and their, their artist renderings of what the buildings are going to look like. And we get a lot of, I don't like that, or I don't like the color, or I don't like the shape, or I don't like this, or you know, design aesthetics that people don't like. What I would love to see is if we're going to be about it, let's put together a design guideline Mm -hmm. of the things we do like Mm -hmm. so that they don't waste their time bringing you something you don't like. Right. If if you want to see more Art Deco, if you want to see more, you know, true to the history of San Pedro, if you want to see more Mason. Craftsman. Yeah, Craftsman. If you want to see things look a certain way, 
give them a, a design book up front so they can build from that. Mm-hmm. And it makes the conversation a lot easier. And one example is 7th and, well, there's a development on 7th. I won't call it out specifically. But it came. they came to the neighborhood council, had a great looking presentation. Neighborhood council said, well, we want this change and that change and this change and that change. And so they did those changes. They came back and it actually was less acceptable to the neighborhood councils than the original design. But that's what we got, right? right. So it'd be nice if... As we're working towards redeveloping San Pedro, we start talking about what we'd like to see instead of what we don't like. So I'm curious. Um, I mean, well, that that's awesome. I love the idea of that. Of course, it also does give me anxiety because I'm like, everybody's going to have all these different opinions. And Designed we're never, by committee. We're never going to agree on anything, you know? That's true. <laughs> that's but how- let's get that out of the way before we have our... our Something to select, yeah. Room, right? I, lo- I love that. You're that's what I that's what let's I'm get saying. our family figured out, like the family dynamics. Let's have those conversations that's before we saying, get the guests. Like, you are not afraid to go in there yeah. and have a difficult conversation. You're like, okay, we're gonna fight about it. Let's start because yeah. we got to get through this before we're gonna have you know developers in the room. Exactly. Um, you know, what is the best way to really get community feedback on the projects? Like, especially if, if the community, like, you know, I mean, we're talking about families and people who live here and people who are working. If they're not able to go to the meetings, what's the best place for them to get their voice heard? Um, well, that's a great question. But I also think that people need to go to listen as well. Mm. It shouldn't just be, I'm getting fired up and I'm going to go down and, and complain. Say something, right? Yeah. It, people need to educate themselves first before yeah. they form that opinion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the neighborhood councils are a vital part of what needs to happen in the future mm-hmm. we had um mayoral, mayoral candidate karen bass come to san pedro a couple of times and one of the things that she's been asked is what about the neighborhood councils what what do you think of those and she said some of them are just um a mess some of them are definitely not doing the good that they're designed to do um, and so Can we need I... more participation of folks that really care and want to hear more and then also have opinion at the neighborhood councils. And we have three of them. Can you describe to me, because I came from a city, so like the neighborhood council is something that's new to to me as far as like, what is it? Can you explain a little bit more about the neighborhood councils and the ones that exist here in San Pedro? Yes, absolutely. So there are three. There's North, Northwest, there's Central, and there's Coastal neighborhood councils. And they're designed to be advisory community um, voices for our council office, for CD15, right? And and the point is that should be where CD15 tests the temperature of different things, different proposals, different um, opportunities that we might bring to this town. They're kind of the representatives that kind of and they're elected. Yeah, they're elected and they're funded by the city. I think. You know, the funding is somewhere around 50000 I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that should be the voice of They're the amplifiers. So, f- for example, we have something to say. We speak to our neighborhood counselor. They will then make sure that they have our interests. Absolutely. At heart there. And they oh. should be good listeners, too. Right. Like I said, I, I'm a fan of neighborhood councils. I'm not necessarily a fan of the way ours are formed currently mm. um it'd be great if we had term limits mm. um the the chamber of commerce is 
a great example of that. I termed out um, because we need to have different people come in. John Bagakis is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's about to term out. And then the next person, Ryan Blaney, yeah. <laughs> is, is going to be amazing too. And Tim McCosker was right before me. And so it's good to have different voices. But also I want to point out when we had the mayoral uh, debates at Warner Grand, it was only the same six or seven people from the neighborhood councils were there, right? Mm. And they're not, act- the other ones, we have 60-ish, 50 or 60 neighborhood council representatives. When you add coastal, n- northwest, and central together, they should be out in the community right. listening and engaging, Yes, not just coming with you know my agenda or their agenda. They should actually get some input from others right. in order to form opinions that they can vote on. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing too. I'm very opinionated. But I get I, I learn from people I disagree with more than the people that echo what I, I'm saying, right? Yeah. And so it's important to have those discussions. That article I just wrote for for San Pedro today had someone write me this horrible letter back just one person, overwhelmingly, people supported the last article. But one person wrote back just angry, making all kinds of accusations. I wrote him back calmly and answered as much as I could. And he hasn't written me back. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to vent. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we have opportunities to dialogue. Mm-hmm. We all want a better San Pedro, right? Yeah. We all want you know less homelessness, cleaner streets, less blight. Um, affordable housing, Mm -hmm. um, opportunities for our businesses to have employees that live here rather than having a commute from Downey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that are things that we can work towards if we agree that we all care. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm in my head. I'm like, trying to telecommunicate to Jess and be like, we need to get involved. We need to like be another amplifier. Well, that's another reason why I think that it was, First of all, there's a few reasons why I knew it was time to bring back the podcast. And of course, we discussed, you know, how this kind of wasn't sustainable on my own. And just coming into the picture was awesome and amazing. But also it is it is timely because of where we're at because of this change and i want to capture the voices i want to be another like amplifier you know this podcast should be another amplifier for the community to kind of get their voices heard of course also i'm you know thinking of angela romero yeah and um it kind of scares me that she's gone um because she was such an active storyteller and protector of our history here i loved your tribute to her in um in the may issue and what first of all how has her loss impacted you and then it's okay you can cry (laughs) i'll cry too and then how how do you think us as a community moves forward you know from her loss and what is our job now I think our job is um, to honor her memory and her enthusiasm for San Pedro. And, you know, there were so many times where we would have conversations about new development and changes in San Pedro. And it was important to me that we honor the history, honor the culture, honor and respect where San Pedro has come from, but be true and honest about where it's going to, right? So it's really easy for us 
to um, to worry about losing our character, right? As we migrate into different directions. So, you know, I, I had written recently that um, you know we were a whaling town that became you know a fishing town that got into boat building that you know will always be a port and moving cargo, but you know, one of the next iterations is going to be tourism, right? And I, my wife's aunts, a lot of them got to work down at Ports of Call. I'm always going to call it Ports of Call. Um, it's West Harbor, but um, we're locals, so we can call it whatever we want, right? <laughs> so um, we're going to have opportunities for, for our kids to have their first jobs down there. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to have opportunities for our small businesses and our Amalfitanos and, and whatever the next generation of family names that are going to be a part of San Pedro to build those businesses. And that's super important. The Papadakises, you know, we need to have San Pedro names, whatever, whether they're new names or old names, be a part of, you know, really growing some roots and bettering our town and creating the jobs and the live, work, play, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As someone who's new, who just moved here recently, how can someone who like fell in love with this town and just like uh, loves the energy and the community, how can we get involved in like making sure that we sustain that the soul and the culture of San Pedro? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I feel like and this is going to sound weird, but I feel like people that move here are more reflective of protecting the culture and the the character of San Pedro than most people expect, right? A lot of times people think, oh, we have all these out-of-towners coming in here and they want to change it to wherever they came from. No, they moved from wherever they came from to be here because we have a unique opportunity, right? That actually resonates very well from the last few people that we've talked to. They're new, but they're here because they love it so damn much. And they don't want it to be like the other places that they came from. They moved here for a reason, and they want to enhance that reason. They want to make that even better. And as a realtor, that's all I experience. The people that move here are moving here because they see what's going on, and they want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to change anything. They don't want to redirect San Pedro. Right. They just want to enhance how much we enjoy and love about San Pedro. So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about this. You, especially as a realtor, I mean, with the pandemic, there were record um, uh, low interest rates. So there is this population shift that has occurred here. Um, Can you speak a little bit about that and what have you noticed? So interest rates don't have anything to do with whether or not people buy homes. People have that as a misconception because in the historical average for interest rates is six and a quarter. So we're still well below that. And even if we hit the average, right, the average, we're still going to be okay. What we are experiencing is heavy inflation, right? And um, and home prices are a part of that. As I had mentioned before, we had basically stopped building homes in 2008. And for California to be um, to to you know protect the growth and to allow for home ownership opportunities, we need to build at least a hundred thousand homes a year in California. We, like I said, two thousand eight, we stopped, and we have a gap of over a million homes that, that should have been built or could that have should been. have been built that weren't. 
And that's to sustain the population, to allow for more people to be able to buy. Yeah, that's for our kids to graduate high school or college and be able to live here and not move to Denver and not move to Austin and not move to other places, right? That's just for our next generation to remain here. We can talk about, and this is going to, might be controversial, we can talk about minimum wage all we want, um, but it's not the problem. The problem is our housing costs is such a major portion of people's budget, right? And if you have people paying 50 to 80% of their income towards housing, it's not minimum wage that's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the symptom. Mm-hmm. And so we need to address our housing concerns. And I, I get that a lot. That's one of the things that people push back on me a lot on is, you know, San Pedro's full. We don't need any more housing. We maybe don't need a whole lot of apartment housing. It'd be great if we had more condos. Um, me being a realtor, obviously I'm biased. But even if it were non-realtor related housing. So as we redevelop Rancho San Pedro, um, that's a federal um, housing project, right? And some of those houses are going to, or units are going to be sold below market. So let's say the market's $500,000 for that type of um, house. There'll be some that'll be sold at 250000 to low-income individuals. Um, and, and they'll be able to have a nest egg that they can have equity on. And we need to do more of that. We make it really difficult to build condos here in California. And unfortunately, the reality of a first-time home buyer buying a house, a single-family home, is becoming less and less easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more townhomes and condos are probably where people are going to get their first start. But we're not building those mm-hmm. because we have laws that say that uh, you can sue the developer for the first 10 years after they've done the construction to come back and fix things. So that's one of the things, that's one of the problems that we had at 285 West 6th Street had a lawsuit, you know, and those units went from being $200,000 to $650,000, but it took a long time for that lawsuit to get settled, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me the developer is super excited about building product that they can be sued on Mm -hmm. um, for 10 years. And so we have attorneys that go in and they will do an inspection on the whole property they'll ticky tacky all the different defects i'm doing air quotes for those on on air um that that they see as part of the property and then they'll do a class action lawsuit against that developer from all the homeowners the condo owners and it could be millions and the developers are like you know what i can go to austin or i could go to denver or i could go to call to you know a lot of other places and build without that kind of this is a california state this is a california specific. yeah problem yeah. and so that's causing a lot of problems in terms of developers moving away in terms of plumbers moving away and tradespeople moving away and people that do the construction moving away because it's so difficult to do that and i have and no idea yeah i worry personally as people you know, hit their 60s and 70s, if you don't have equity from a condo or a home or some kind of ownership, you're going to have to be more dependent on state resources. And what happens then if everyone's a renter? I'm not, I'm not putting down renters, but if you have a home, you have equity, most likely. And the longer you have it, the more equity you have. 
Right. And I think like that was such an approachable dream for generations ago. Yes. And like now it's less and less something that's achievable. Because we keep remi- reminding people that housing is too expensive and you, you're never going to be able to afford it. Um, and is that a myth? That is a myth. But it's especially painful for people of color. It's especially painful for Hispanics, especially painful for a lot of our you know, traditional families here in Southern California who already have seen the, the, the prospect of home ownership be out of reach. Yeah. But now we're trying to convince them that it's even more out of reach. Mm. And it's a shame. Um, you know, when it came time, so we bought our first home in 2020 in during the pandemic. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that actually. It was January 2020 when we closed on it. So the pandemic had right not yet yeah. hit. And it was an interesting time after, um, after you know, March came and, you know, there was a huge shutdown. But, um, I mean, we thought we were, we thought we were at least like a decade away from buying a home. And, yes. and, and it's just because that I had a, a realtor friend yes. who kept telling me, you guys could probably buy one. And I was like, and no, she's you don't. great. I like her. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Stephanie. Yeah. Um, her and her husband are amazing. They're a couple's goals, really. Um, but... You know, if she hadn't been in my ear kind of telling me that it's possible and then also setting up open houses just for fun for me, um, because, you know, I kept saying this is what I love. And, you know, it's and just to me, it was such a dream. It's like we're so far away from that. I would try to tell her we don't have that much in savings. We don't we can't put down on a house. She goes, you don't understand. There's programs and there's loans like just let's find the home and then we'll see if we can work it out, you know. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm trying to convince my friends, like, you probably, you can probably buy a house. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't have anything saved. Because our, our thing is we think we have to have 20% down on a right. home. Yes. And so you're, and, and if you're looking in Pedro, it is so expensive. You're yes. not going to find anything really like moving ready, you know, unless you're looking at like 600,000, you know. Right? Maybe a lot. 700. Yeah. I was going to go higher. I was going to ask, what is the average? Right now, the average. So last year, the average home um, price in 90731 was uh, 739000 Now it's about 835000 yeah. So it's gone up 100000 just in the lower um, income area of San Pedro. So when we were looking, you know, our budget was, I mean, we couldn't afford that much, right? It was right. way lower. And anything within what we were looking for, it was just like it needed major rehabbing, yes. right? Um, but much to our surprise, like we didn't need a huge down payment to get no. to get in 3%. the door. And and that was the average I just gave you. The 835 is the average. There are some homes that sell for 350 and 450 and 550. And right now in real estate, I got my fir- I bought my first place at 25 and I got roommates. And guess what? They paid my mortgage and they gave me an opportunity to work for four years and take a year off and work for four years and take a year off. They funded my life. Some house hacking. The house yes. hacking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I tell my agents, I've, I run a real estate team, the Williams Group at Keller Williams on the Hill. And one of the things I tell my agents is what we do is so important. I know realtors aren't held in super high regard, right? But what we do, I send kids to college. I help fund retirements. If someone gets cancer or some kind of disability, I help them with build the equity to weather through it. Mm -hmm. And 
that is something we have to always keep in mind as realtors. So I remind my team that all the time. I think that's incredible to have that as part of the DNA built into yeah. what you do. Yeah. Right? Well, I had um, first-time homebuyers that couldn't buy a place for themselves, but they bought a condo near the college that their kid was going to. And guess what? After four and a half years, the condo had appreciated enough to where it paid for that tuition. And the That's fact incredible. is that that kid, you know, had roommates that also helped offset some of those costs. College was free. Then when they sold, they were able to use that money to buy a house for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so those kind of things. Are, are I'm getting goosebumps, but that's that's the power of I real love, estate. Yeah, that's why I love what I do. And I think that that's something that's not commonly shared or commonly told because I think most people, including myself, have had this like idea when you buy a home, it's like back in the 50s, you buy your single family residence home and this is the home you're going to stay in forever. But like there are these house hacking abilities that make it more approachable. Yes. You know. A condo is more approachable. A townhome is much more available. And then working your way toward that equity, right? Building but on the that. The most important thing is to talk to someone. Talk to a realtor. Mm-hmm. Not to Uncle Stan who right. is against mm-hmm. it, you know, real estate in general. Talk to a realtor. Get pre-approved. Um, if you can't get pre-approved right away, at least the lenders should be able to tell you what you need to do to get ready. Mm-hmm. And, and get on it. Because it any type of investing, I've also held a securities license for stocks and any type of investing, it's the time. It's not the timing. If you're trying to time the market perfectly and get in when it's low and then get out when it's high, you're wasting a lot of time. But if you buy and wait, you're going to see return. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I in researching i found that you're very active in the community yes. and you, you're a part of many nonprofit organizations yes. that give back to the community i'm curious why is it so important to you and how did you get involved and has that always carried through it throughout your life um it hadn't um but my best friend who was the one that introduced me to my wife um was very involved in the community and i told you the story about oprah and and hearing um, her perspective of people getting involved, right? So my three issues are cancer, women's issues, and kids' issues. So education of our children is really important to me. We don't have kids. We'd love to have kids. Maybe we'll adopt or foster at some point. But um, those are my three things that are the things that make me passionate enough to get up and out of bed and do something. And I just um, I, I see a lot of opportunity here in San Pedro. Boys and Girls Club is amazing. I, I can't walk through the Boys and Girls Club without hearing a story from one of the kids and, and crying, you know? Because for a lot of these kids, this is their way out. Misty Copeland was, um, she was um, discovered at the Boys and Girls Club by, you know, the San Pedro Ballet, by Cindy Bradley. And, um, this I just see all those opportunities, big and small, of kids being able to get up and out, not out, but um, to live their best life right um, here and elsewhere. And I, I that excites me. So um, being involved in those types of things. And like we talked about earlier, you know, there are a lot of people that just talk, right? But if you get involved with some of these nonprofits, 
you're surrounded by people that get shit done. Yeah. And they elevate your game and your commitment to life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really lucky to know those people. Tim McCosker has raised my spirits and my commitment to the community more than anyone I know. Amber Sheik is my champion. She reminds me to to think bigger and push harder, you know? Sherry Weaver over at Harbor Interfaith, just, she's just a champion. We had 218 tents outside the post office, you know, this time when the pandemic started, right? And, and Joe B has helped with getting all those tents out. And we just cleared out the, the, um, the, uh, not the gorge was the it gulch. the gulch. Yeah. The gulch. And, but we did it in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. We found opportunities to move these people into so they could get the services and the support and the health full living yeah. that they need. And then we're also helping some of the people that need a little bit more steady push to make better decisions. We all need that. We all need accountability partners, right? Right. I have those at the gym. Um, I have those at work. And so that that's what I, why I do what I do, is I surround myself with some of the best people in San Pedro. And um, I love being a part of that. Yeah. And it's always great to be involved where you get to I guess in some ways, like humble yourself, recognize your own, like one's own blessings and, and, um, privileges. And also just being able to like, see what the needs really are in communities outside of your own day to day. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to drive in your car and, and look out the window and see a homeless person and say, wow, they're really messing with this town and this business. But it's another thing to get out and have a conversation and find out why they got where they are and what you can do to help. Right. Um, I I love everything you just said. It's incredibly inspiring. I have some goosebumps. I'm like, this is why I'm doing this, you know, so I can capture these stories and get inspired. And honestly, that's the reason I, I, I started the podcast. And I think that's a lot of why I just really, you know, resonated with it is because we want to get to know the community and hear these stories. Um, I wanted to ask, how can we keep San Pedro cozy, in your opinion? Um. How can we keep San Pedro cozy? That's a great question. Uh, there's so many. Just get involved. Find a way to contribute. It, it doesn't matter how. As long as it's a way to uplift others and the community. And it's not um, standing in judgment of others. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think about every morning is it's impossible to be grateful and judgmental at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you wake up just so grateful for what you have and what we have yet to achieve, mm-hmm. it's really tough to to get in that judgmental mind headspace headspace yeah five years from now when we look at what we've accomplished there's going to be that recognition of wow we didn't think this was going to happen and we got here and i'm really proud of what we've achieved and so i just keep that in mind yeah i love that well is there anything that you wanted to share that we didn't ask you um I know that we're going to have more nonprofits here in San Pedro that will give us an opportunity to give back. One of the nonprofits is going to be focused on LAUSD here in San Pedro. Um, It's called the San Pedro Education Fund. Um, I'm really excited about that. 
you know, they raise $4 million up in PV education fund every year. I'd love to see something similar here in San Pedro, uh, especially to help enhance what we do at Willenberg, uh, the school. Um, yeah, can you talk about Willenberg? I just yeah, discovered them and it's great. Center. So it's a, a school for young adults to learn career type opportunities. One of the things I would love to see, like here's an example. Well, no, I guess I can't call it out by name, but there's, there's a uh, building that was the Cetacean Society Cultural Center or something like that over on Point Furman, right? It's a vacant building. Everyone's seen it. It's right next to the theater. Um, and it's just been vacant and held hostage for decades. And it's ridiculous. It's right there overlooking the ocean. What I would like to see is that to become a Point Furman Cafe. Where restore it to its We old. can restore it to the old Point Furman Cafe. But I want to do it in a way that allows LAUSD students, some of our special needs students from Willenberg, and uh, the community to be involved. It needs to have an art component. It needs to have a sustainability component. We need to help educate our community on biodegradable straws and on packaging that has less trash impacts, right? And how we can recycle or bring your own cups and we'll add, we'll put coffee in there. Thank you, Connie McCosker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we have uh, a lot of opportunities around that that I'm super excited about. We have a nonprofit that's focused on bringing some of the nonprofits together in a very specific way. So if you have a domestic violence situation, you have a number you can call. If you have someone that you're trying to help that's homeless, you have a number you can call. So we want to have a better um, system of how we do outreach in a collaborative way. So if I put someone in housing, I can get furniture from Beacon House to fill that housing. I can get food from here or I can, you know, can uh, collaborate with Meals on Wheels to get them food for several months to get up off their feet. We can work better together as a community. And it's up to us to find ways to connect those dots and build those bridges. Yeah. That's awesome. I love all of that. I saw, I saw your post on that, um, on that building, because uh, you, you recently posted yes. about it. And I was like, yes, I would love that. That would be amazing. But the bigger picture behind it is awesome. Yeah. yeah isn't that great? Mm-hmm. It, it needs to have soul. If we do everything in a way that has soul. Yeah. The, and it's like, what's the bigger picture? Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it needs to, it needs to come from the heart. It can't just be something cold. It can't be a cold box that's meant for profit. You need to maintain profits. that integrity. It needs yeah. to benefit the community. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a great note to end the main episode on. I know. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to meet you and like hear your your vision for San Pedro. Live in the flesh. Um, where can people find you? Um, I My email address, I'm happy to give out, is lee at lamove.com. My website is lamove.com. And you can even call me in my cell. I'm okay with that. 310-400-6389. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's all for our episode. Follow us for more on Instagram at Podcast. Huge thanks to Rock Ashfield at Palm Realty Boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space. And thank you to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. Leave us a review and share this episode with your friends, neighbors, and coworkers. See you next week.